Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane James. Well, hello, everyone. We're feeling regal today. Put on your tiaras, because we're having crown chats, musing on generational tensions, Sunny reflects on the life-changing joys of pet laundry bags, and Jamie on her koi carp, colourful undergarments, and X-rated emojis. <laughs> Here's Jamie. Today's podcast is sponsored by MTL Associates. Would you love a website but don't know where to start? MTL Associates create websites for people like you. They'll agree a fixed price for their work from just £380 for five pages. And before you sign up, they'll create a prototype so you can see you're getting great quality. And when they build the real thing, they'll keep changing it until you're 100% happy and you own the website, not them. Go to mtlassociates.co.uk and see what they can do for you. MTL Associates. It's you, but online. Jill and Ruth. That's where I wanted to start this week, Sonny. Jill and Ruth. I I was cheering Ruth on from the, from the sidelines. I don't know about you. I, mm. thought, I thought Jill was completely wrong to say what she said to Ben. Mm. Did you? Yeah, of course. I did. I did. I did. And, you know, I wasn't party to any of this. So it was as much as a surprise to me when I heard it as it was to anybody else. And I was, um, yes, I thought, come on, Ruth, go, Ruth, go, Ruth. Uh, yeah, it, it it was really clever, actually. I thought the way it was constructed, because actually, I actually was even taken by surprise that after her conversation with David, and she said, you know, you've yeah. got to do something about this, that actually she did confront Jill. I thought it was... Yeah, yeah, it was really excellent. Just just for anybody who doesn't listen to the Archers or hasn't heard this bit, um, so Jill, Ruth's mother-in-law, had a go at Ruth's son, Ben, because he'd got someone pregnant and this person had an abortion and she, she was peeved that she hadn't been consulted, though why she should have been is a complete mystery to me, given that it's up to the woman to decide what to do. Um, and then she did a whole kind of you know, abortion is wrong, number on Ben, and said she was ashamed of him and disgusted with him and so on, which I thought was shocking. And then when Ruth wanted um, her husband David to tell his mother to shut the F up and to apologise to Ben, David was just like, oh, I can't, you know, mum, I can't say that. So Ruth went in and gave a what for, which I was absolutely delighted about. Because it's, I remember years ago, there was a story that um, Elizabeth, um, Jill's daughter got pregnant and had I an do. abortion. And Jill was bloody vile to her about that as well. You'd mm. think she might have learned something over the years, mind you. Yes, you would. I mean, I suppose in a way it's quite interesting because it was, I think it was in the early 90s or something that all happened that actually mm. as a series, you know, we are still with with Jill in her, yeah. her same reaction to this sort of thing. I mean, that yeah. that's, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, because I did read online somewhere that some present listeners were surprised that she had that response to Ben mm. but actually it's part of her DNA that's what she does feel about this particular issue but yeah it was very painful to listen to particularly because us as listeners have been with each of those characters through this rather traumatic story mm. and we know you know where each of them have been in their yes. emotional relationship with all this and he's been I think it's been really interesting the way they've explored Ben's reaction to discovering that Chelsea was pregnant and the decision about the abortion and his emotional trauma so 
we know how traumatized he's been with yeah. it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then when his gran, who he adores, obviously, um, you know, was appalled by what he'd done, you, you could see the way he just, you know, totally understood the way he disintegrated. But well done, Ruth, for coming Absolutely. on in there. I mean, God knows where that's going to end. I mean, they live in the same house, don't they? So that's going to be highly entertaining. Mm. Um, Yes, if I were Ruth, I wouldn't be um, having a slice of cake that Jill has baked any time now. I certainly wouldn't. No, but you know what? Even if, I know people have strong views about abortion, but even if you think that somebody in your family who you dearly love has made a wrong decision, Mm. Speaking to them in that way is is not a way to deal with it, I don't think. Mm. In that sort of very sanctimonious, I've got the moral high ground, you're wrong. Mm. Sit down and talk to them perhaps about why they made that decision. Ask mm. them about the kinds of things that they considered. And then you can you can say, well, you know, we're going to have to agree to disagree. But to to really kind of go off on one. I think what she was really pissed off about was that she hadn't been told at the time, hadn't been included in conversations. So I think a lot of this comes from, you know, she's been a, this sort of matriarch. She's been the central figure in the in the family. And I think probably what a lot of this is about is that is that she felt that she'd been cut out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And she's as angry about that as she is about the abortion. But perhaps mm-hmm. I'm just being mean about Jill. No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And I think maybe as well, you know, those other characters who were late to know about it. I mean, both Ruth and David were late to know about what had been going on. But I think they probably would have made sure that she was hidden away from it because they knew the way that she reacted with Elizabeth. Yeah. So, you know, um, there was a jolly good reason why. But I think you're right. I think she was just completely miffed because, you know, she is the matriarch and she she wasn't... uh, you know, it wasn't discussed or, uh, with her, um, which brings us, I, I've thought about this, you know, quite a lot, the idea of in-laws living with each other. And of course, mm-hmm. in the past, uh, years ago, that happened all the time, didn't it? Generations it did. tended to live with each other. And those relationships must have been strained. I mean, it, not necessarily, but I suspect because even if people get on, the generational issues mm. can put a strain on things because people are thinking in different ways, aren't they? But um, in my own family, um, my grandmother, uh, my mum's mother, who was 100 when she died, and she came to live with us when I was four and I was in my 30s <laughs> when she died Crikey. so my parents actually only had four years together on their own mm. before my mum came or my grandma came to live um with them Crikey. and uh, I was thinking about their my, my dad and my grandma's relationship because it they were okay but I wouldn't say that it was an overly fond relationship and I think they sort of coexisted with each other a bit mm-hmm. they weren't rude to each other but there was a kind of coexistence that went on and I think it did affect my parents relationship in in, in some way and I do remember my grandma she was lovely she was really lovely but it was generational would make comments occasionally about my parents friends um, and that yeah. was that was she wasn't an unpleasant woman but but you know, she had an opinion, and I know she would say this. I was to my mum, and it was quite, it was quite hard. I think it was it it was quite hard at times. Although they had a built-in babysitter, there is that. <laughs> I suppose, see. yeah. I mean, my my father's father lived with us for about eight or nine years from when I was right. his 
his his wife died my grandmother died when I was about three so and it was completely impossible considered completely impossible that he would be able to live on his own so mm. uh yeah my parents and me and my baby sister um all went to live at his house with him and then when we moved he came with us uh and he was a right pain in the ass I could you know you could see the the fact that he and my mum didn't really get on very well and that mm. um he was he was very uh very unwilling for my dad to be kind of like the head of the household it was because that was his mm. job he was used to sort of telling my dad what to do because that was his little boy sort of thing and eventually he met a woman who wasn't a particularly nice one but he he married her and uh, left and set up home with her rather than rather than live with us which to which everyone breathes a huge sigh of relief because we were not in a big we were in a flat and it wasn't big wow. and he would um in the evenings we'd be in the sitting room watching tv or whatever and he'd sit in the kitchen with the uh, with the radio with the wireless um and just smoke his part drive and um yeah oh gosh that is so intrusive you know yeah you can't get on with normal family relations when you've got that can you and they certainly wouldn't have left him to babysit us because he would he just he'd have been just as likely to go out to the pub and really yeah he wasn't he wasn't interested in in kids particularly so he he, he wasn't he wasn't an unpleasant man or anything but Mm. it just it really 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 didn't work to have those different generations Mm. Mm. living mm. together in that case mm. yeah I mean I think from my fam- my own family's point of view I think you know gr- my, my gran was a, a she was a lovely lady and I mean she was very helpful because she was a great cook and she did all that mm. so it wasn't quite as um, difficult as you're describing um, and so hard for your dad that because you know he's yeah. trying to sort of find his way through as as the father as the husband and yeah. dominated by his own father was it very different when when your granddad moved out for, for yes. your father did the, did the dynamics in the family change a lot yeah 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 they did they did and I think you know for my mum like nothing she ever cooked or did was as good as his wife had done so mm. it was all really that. hard it is hard so um but it's thinking of intergenerational living this seems like a big this is not a big leap but mm. um I've, we've been binge watching the latest series series of the crown have you oh, have right. you seen it i've seen i've seen the first ep of the last <gasps> uh, yeah one well, we haven't oh. uh, yes, it's on it's on the bucket list you know to do yes oh, so what oh. have you thought what well, have you that's, thought that's that's intergenerational living to some extent isn't mm. it you know again mm. you've got all these people who are even when they're not and they do spend a fair amount of time in quite in the same locations but they are completely tied together as a family mm. Mm. And, you know, one person's unable to do anything without involving everyone else. And, mm. you know, kind of when Charles and Diana want to get divorced, having to, I can't remember how old he was then, but probably not far off our age, uh, having to go to his mother and ask for permission to do that. Mm. It's, it just seems incredible, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. Um yeah, that is that is particularly a claustrophobic um, yeah. relationships because it's based not just on their emotional and their DNA, but you know, on 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 the whole state, isn't it? You know, because mm. they are our monarchs, um, and so it's very complex. It's very very complex. Yeah, um, and I know I'm not meant to be enjoying it because it's all you know made up and it's horrible things, but we just couldn't tear ourselves away from it 
Really? Loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we really? stayed up late to watch it. I thought it was marvellous. Because it's had mixed reviews this last series, hasn't it? It has. I mean, it is, it's dross, but it's incredibly watchable dross. Mm. Mm. I tell you what I wish they had actually kept, you know, I don't know what you think, but the original cast, you know, like Claire Foy, and just age them up because yeah. it's no disrespect to any of the actors that have played, um, you know, the, the various characters through this different series. I mean, they've all done a brilliant job. But I just, I invested so much as a, as a watcher mm. in those uh, original characters. And I thought the first series was just superb. And I, I thought Claire Foy particularly was excellent that, yeah. I, I I could have suspended disbelief, I think, as a listener, as a watcher rather, because I I had so bought into them mm. um, that you know just to grey her up or age her up a little bit would have actually worked for me. I would I would have kept more emotionally engaged rather than each new series thinking, oh gosh, I've got to get used to somebody else. How am I gonna, you know, how am I gonna cope with this? Is this working or not? So in in a way, sometimes for the first episode of a new series, I'm thinking, oh, what what am I feeling about this? Am I engaging? What do you think? Yeah, it's sort of getting used to who's who, isn't it? Because mm. you kind of, like you said, you know who all those characters are, you know what they look like, you know what they sound like. Um, and because I'm generally knitting while I'm watching it, I'm listening to it rather than watching it. So the voices are very different. Uh, yeah, I kind of miss, I miss the old Princess Margaret. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know how easy or difficult it would have been to age them up, but they could have had a crack at it, couldn't they? I think so. And I, I mean, obviously, think... the ones that the kids they'd have had to recast. For, yes, you know, of course. You know, but, the very young ones. But yeah, I just the think ups. I think we would have bought into it. And they've, you know, let's face it, there was so much money thrown at the crown that yeah. I think they could have done. You know, could have afforded a box jobs. of makeup, couldn't they, in a couple yeah. of weeks? And they, you know, I don't think they would have had to have done huge makeup jobs because I think oh, don't say that. already that's, bought into it. You know, that's what I mean? a bit rude to Claire Foy, isn't it, to say you could play a woman in your nineties with no makeup. <laughs> Well, they could have put a, they could have put a bit of grey in her hair. Stuck know. a bit, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah she, she'd have been all right. Um, but no, I, it's uh, well, I look forward to the to 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 the rest of it. But I think it has been it. The mm. one thing that I did find a bit tricky in the first episode was the girl that, and I'm sorry, I've, I've forgotten her name. The girl that um, plays Diana, who yeah, looks amazing. Becky. She yeah. is very tall, isn't she? Yeah, but Diana um, was, wasn't she? Yeah, but she really is giraffe-like over everybody, and I found that a bit. Yeah. I don't know, again, it's this business of thinking my full my full attention is not mm. on what what it should be on. I'm thinking, oh gosh, you're tall, and why have they done this? And oh, I wish you know we still had the original Charles, mm. and you know what I mean. I'm sort of spending time yeah. thinking. I, well, mm-hmm. I think there is some sort of a similitude in that because, as I understand it, he was always really pissed off um, about how tall she was and made a sort of stand one step below him or whatever for mm. the photographs mm. I think the engagement photographs so that they looked so that she looked like she was shorter but she was she was a very tall person you kind of see oh, like well how awkward that is you know we know how mm. awkward it is to be short mm. and but I guess there's a there's a similar sort of awkwardness to being tall mm. Mm. Yeah. But she, I mean, she certainly looks extraordinary. I mean, extraordinarily yeah. like her, her mannerisms yeah. and, and yeah, her yeah, speech, yeah. and her I, speech rhythms. The one that really gets me is Johnny Lee Miller as John Major. I just think he's brilliant. Yes, yeah. he is very good. Yeah, if only John Major had been a bit more Johnny Lee Miller, eh? yes, yes, they might have done yes. better. Who can tell? Yes. It um, must be must be awesome, you know, when we're thinking thinking now being an actor, you know, suddenly you said, "Oh yeah, I'm being cast as 
Princess Anne. Or whatever. Oh my goodness, because it's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's such an immense responsibility, isn't it, in the amount yeah. of work that, um, you know, has to has to go on with all that. But uh, no, well, I should look forward to the rest of it, seeing as how you yeah. And you know, it. if there's another series, I think this talk of aging up is good because they could age you up as Princess Margaret. Well, yes. Well, yes. I think yes. Um, I tell you in what. In fact, this is what this is what Lindy should do is the Christmas production this year. <laughs> a few episodes of The Crown, yes. eh? stage show of The Crown in Ambridge with Lillian as Princess Margaret. It's typecasting. Absolutely marvelous. I'd have the cigarette already. You know, yeah. just uh, just just swap the gin for a martini or whatever it was was her great tipple. Yeah, marvelous. Um, absolutely marvelous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that would be that would be pretty good. Um, Fantastic. Well, yeah. Um, yes. Now, there's a bit you'll like in mm. one of the episodes coming up, which is, yes. I think, Philip, she's, the Queen's sort of like on her own quite a lot, and now she's in a castle, I can't, I don't know the difference, mm. um, and Philip's just saying he's buggering off for a few weeks to do carriage driving or whatever, that might be a euphemism for, um, and she's just playing with the dogs and sort of throwing oh. something for the dogs and going, oh. come on, watch your face. Go fetch, fetch, just like a normal person playing with dogs oh, at home. There's her, a sort of, there's a kind of loneliness to it as well. Oh, it's a, her little, her companions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You see how important, why they were so important to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, didn't matter that she was the queen or, you know, somebody working in a shop. But to them, I mean, you know, she was just who she was. She was their mum. And yeah. I suppose that was such, so lovely for her, such a relief mm-hmm. for her, wasn't it? Just to have yeah. that relationship with them didn't matter who she was no, um, they were still going to love true. her and so on yeah um, yeah yeah your little dogs have been giving you the run around a bit. oh yeah well my um little jack russell got i've got two i think i've talked about mm-hmm. them before tic tac and badger but badger wasn't very well last week um he's he's a great racer of down the garden of the pigeons when he sees a pigeon he bolts down there 100 miles an hour you know and he's 10 now so he's got to be a bit careful what he does anyway he raced down a little bit too fast obviously hurt his back leg his right right leg and um he he, you know he he couldn't move it for a bit and it was all a bit sore and i left it for a night i thought it'll right itself he's just strained something pulled something but indeed the next day it was still bad and he was limping and i thought oh dear i think i better do something about this so i you know rang the vet and took him down and she looked at it and she said well you know he's a great age now obviously you know I'm not sure what's going on here could be all sorts of things he might need an operation I think oh my goodness gracious I think that he's going to need um, an x-ray so I thought right money 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 thank goodness you know we've got pet insurance so anyway duly on the Monday I took him in he was in there all day he had an x-ray and then um, I went to collect him at the end of the day the vet came out and said well Actually, basically, he is fine. She said, I th- it is what I thought it was. It's some sort of tendon in the top of the leg. But she said, at the minute, I think we can cope with it with, you know, inflammatory sort of medicines mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. So I think we'll be fine. However, she said, what will really, really help the situation? Oh, and I have to say, uh, £583 later, oh. I left. That was how much oh, that x-ray was. God. Thank goodness I have got, yeah, a £583 goodness i've got i've got pet insurance but what what she said to me was she said look she said if you want to avoid him actually having this operation you you need to make sure that whenever he goes out even in the garden he's he's on a leash you've got to stop him jumping you've got to stop him running you've got to stop him climbing yes indeed and and you know so basically just stop 
stopping being a dog then basically he can't run up steps he can't he can't do everything so um is there any point in him living quite frankly uh, so I, I faced with all that i did initially take him out in the garden on the leash for about oh. two days but i'm afraid i've had to give up because you know we're just going to have to leave it up to the universe and hope um, that, you know, he do, he doesn't run too hard and so on. But I couldn't believe it. Don't let him run. Don't mm. let him jump. Don't let him this. Don't let that. Thought, yeah, really. But the other thing about the dogs is they have, of course, dog blankets, which get very hairy and full mm. of dog hairs. And I, I get very worried about putting them in the washing machine in case they clog up the wa- washing machine, which they, you know, oh, they have course. done in the past. So I got online I went online and I thought I'm sure there must be laundry bags right for these sorts of things you can put these doggy blankets in there and then then so indeed I did that and I got this fantastic purple laundry bag it's huge apparently you can even put um horse blankets in it's that huge anyway as I was reading the instructions you won't believe it let me I've got it in front of me everybody and I'm reading the instructions okay it says right how to use the bag remove any loose hair or fur from the pet item that's, that's very good. Place inside the bag. Don't overload. Fine. For best results, place the detergent directly into the bag. Yes, yeah. excellent. Washing your pet items as per manufacturer's recommendations up to 60 degrees. All that makes complete sense. After completing the washing cycle, dry as normal or place the bag with items still inside into the tumble dryer. Well, that's absolutely fine. And then it says at the bottom, disclaimer, this product is not for putting pets in bags and into washing machines. <laughs> Can you? But I couldn't believe it when I read it. I had to do a double take. This product is not for putting pets in bags and into washing machine. Can you believe it? I mean, people must have done this. Put their pets in the bags and put them in the washing machine. Couldn't believe it. Do you think? Good God. I couldn't believe it. So there we are. So everybody out there, do not try that. Do not put your pet in a bag and put it in the washing machine. (laughs) Dear Lord. I know. But I have to say, it has changed my life because... All their bedding has now been completely washed and their beds and my oh, washing machine is still working beautifully. So, um, yes. So those are my doggy stories. Goodness. See, mm. I don't, don't have these problems when you've just got fish. They don't even need feeding at the moment. They're hibernating. So uh, we don't even have to, they just don't have to do anything with them in the winter. Are you sure they're still there? They're of not course they are. They're, they're still, no, 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 no. They're still swimming around, but All right. slowly. Um, and yeah, can't feed them in the winter because their intestines don't work properly because they're hibernating. So it's actually quite dangerous to feed them because the food rots, rots in their intestines. Well, so, that's an ideal pet, isn't it? That? Yeah, well, not that brilliant. they're, you know, food rots in their intestines, but yeah. I mean, you know, that they hibernate. Yeah. Yeah. They don't shed hair or anything. I mean, you can't cuddle up to them on the sofa. You can't take them for a walk. No. But who cares? I yeah. mean, you know, they're fun to watch, aren't they? I quite like them. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. The only I, I say that the only problem with watching them is that, as you know, we've got this sort of tank thing that you know aerates the pond. So mm. there's the constant sound of trickling water going into the pond. So the amount mm. of time I can sit and watch them is very limited, because mm. the sound of trickling water inevitably sends me indoors <laughs> about every forty minutes. But I get 40 minutes of, well, 38 minutes of enjoyment and two minutes of panic. So hmm. How many have you got now? How many have you got? Uh, do you know what? I'm not sure. I think it's 10. Gosh. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like more? No, 10's enough. Hmm. I think. I mean, we, we may, um, my grandson shows one of them. We get them when they're little tiny things. 
Mm. Um, and then they, as things do, they grow. So he chose a little one. And our granddaughter's coming to stay over Christmas, so probably not a good time to buy one, but she may choose one. Mm. Um, yeah. And but are that, they difficult? All. Are they difficult to look after? Nah. Or can you pretty much leave them alone? No, nah, just feed them once a day. Job mm. done. They're very friendly. I mean, when you when you go with the food, they come mm. up to the side of the pond and greet one. And say, hello, nice. hello, Jane. Yeah. Yeah, they don't speak actually, Sunny. They're not, they're not, they're not talking fish. But no, they sort of they waggle their fins in a friendly manner. So, and, yeah. and do you have they got have they got names? No. Oh no, uh, no. My my grandson named one of them, but uh, the others don't have names. The, the, our next door neighbour's little girl has named them all. Um, I can't remember which is which. There's a Richard and a Douglas and a something else. They're very, they're very formal. So Very nothing fishy names. then. Nothing, <laughs> no fishy no, names. Nothing, no finny or I don't know what a fish called. <gasps> yeah. Anyway, sorry, wishing about the fish. That's very, very dull. Frying um, tonight. Frying tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no. Batter, batter, batter. Get, now stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> no, the thing I want to talk to you about yes. is emojis because mm. my uh, my daughter sent me an article. Uh, where she said she's fallen foul of, which is the 10 emojis that demonstrate that you're old. So if you use these emojis, then it means that you're an old person. And it's like every single one. They're the only ones I know, in fact. (laughs) Um, Which which sort of led me on. I do have friends. Uh, My sister's really good at this. If you're listening, Leslie, you are terrific at emojis. Um, (laughs) But you know what? I'm frightened to use them because I don't always know what they mean. In fact, I often don't know what they mean. And on a phone, you know what? They're so small, I can't even Mm. see the detail. So even when Mm. I think I'll pick one out that looks like it might be a smile, Mm. um, I don't in case it's a grimace or or in case it means something overtly sexual or whatever. Yeah. Do you you emoji much? Well, I I do, but not a huge amount. And I Mm. have to say... That one of my favourite ones is the heart, but I yeah. I understand that one is like I'm decrepit, aren't I? Yeah. If I use a heart, that's, one, that's, that's one really use. out. Now I feel safe with a heart. Mm. Um, I know exactly what you mean about those little little sort of orangey faces, yeah. because they are so tiny. As you say, you can't always quite decipher what you what you're going to. No, know. it could be something awful, like you know, weeping and wailing, and you're wanting to send love. You know, yeah, yes, um, um, or it's somebody throwing up or whatever. Somebody yeah. throwing up, indeed. Yeah, I, I like the thumbs up one, but again, I think yeah. that's another one. It's it's another know, one. It's yeah. yet another one that means that we're really old. I wonder if we could, you know, like we learn languages. Yeah, I spend ten minutes a day learning French or Spanish or Portuguese or whatever, depending on which day it is. But that, if only they did a course on how to speak emoji. Yeah, that would be really good. Or maybe we should just speak to each other. Do we have? Can't we just use words? Have we got to use these symbols? Well, I think the thing that's quite helpful about them is that when you're when we're speaking rather than texting, mm. it sort of gives some texture to it, doesn't it? It, it helps to demonstrate what mood you're saying this in. Yes, like yes, instead yes. of using tons of exclamation marks or whatever, it, mm. it it kind of it says I'm saying this to you in a happy mood or a sad mood or a apologetic mood or a yeah, mm. that's great mood or whatever. Um, mm. So it'd be quite nice to be able to add that sort of nuance to my mm. WhatsApps and texts and so on. But mm. um, I, no, I, and I mean they're they frightening. Me. 
Ever since, I found I spe- you? ever since I found out about the aubergine not being an aubergine, I've been very, very nervous. I, I stay away from all fruit. Um, I, enlighten me, because I don't know about this. Oh, don't you? Is it broadcastable? Well, I suppose so. I mean, yes. I mean, an, an aubergine stands in for a penis. <gasps> I hope you've not no. texted any aubergines. You know, well, you might, I might think... have done it too. To prospective employers. Well, you might think it meant I'm making a massacre tonight, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. No, no. Oh, that's confusing. Why it can't it just it? be a penis? Why can't it just be a penis? Oh, Why I don't know. It? I don't know that there is an emoji for one of those. Because the emojis are done by men that wouldn't be one big enough with the... But I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. What? I don't understand it. Why have you got to send the aubergine... Uh, if you want to send something like that, but it's actually oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think this is this is yes another indication that we're too old um, to be having to be having it's conversations with anybody about aubergines <laughs> or or indeed any other fruit related sexual emojis. But like but I said, why, I just why? I just steer away from fruit now. Just don't touch but, the fruit, Sonny. But surely the logic would be a banana or a cucumber. I don't why know. An aubergine. I don't know. You you you've met. Maybe it's not be logical. Me. That's not. I've, I'm not an expert, really. And mm, Janie, we're going to have to do a course. We'll have things. to do a course in all this. I think we? we should. I think we should. Or maybe set one up. Uh, kind of like the, the the emoji of the day or something. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, you, know what, all... you know what would happen? As soon as we learnt them, the young people yeah. just bring in some new ones yeah. so that we didn't know them. They'd be out it's of like, fashion. Yeah, yeah. It's like as soon as we all joined Facebook, they all buggered off, didn't they? Yes. Oh, but listen, Twitter, I was listening <gasps> as I was driving along today. I mean, 80%, I think, of, of the employees have left. I'm I'm bitter about this because I've only just figured Twitter out. I know. And now and now it's going down the pan. I know. And I've got to join something that sounds like a dinosaur. Is it a mas- mastodon or something? Is it? I haven't got yeah. that far. Yes, I've noticed you tweeting. I've been really impressed. I, I, she's got the hand. hand. Yeah, I but... do have the odd tweet now. You do. It's very impressive, and I and I do always send them on. And, mm. and I, but you see, that's another thing I need. But maybe, as you say, I needn't bother about having a course in Twitter now because it probably won't be here this time no. next week, will it? No, no, no. We'll have to have a course in something else. It'll have flown off, mm. tweeted off. So there you go. Yes. Anyway, listen. Before we go, there was one news story. I know we've had the autumn mm. statement and all of that and mm. the midterms, yeah. but the thing that really caught my eye was that mm. Wimbledon, and it might be other other tournaments I don't know but Wimbledon have finally the tennis people Mm. uh, made a huge decision which is that women tennis players will now be allowed to play in underwear that is not white so they've been forced all these years to play in white underwear Mm. and from I think next year they will be allowed to wear dark coloured underwear that's amazing. That's that's a big yeah that's that's fantastic isn't it about time too but indeed yeah, you know, could you imagine? God knows, in the days that you know that we used to have periods, mm. um, I didn't wear white trousers for many, many years just because it's such a scary thing to do. Because you so never right. know, do you? you never know. And mm. all of us have seen someone. God, I remember being at a wedding, some poor bridesmaid in a pale lemon dress, mm-hmm. and mm. uh, she got up and she leaked, and you just think, oh, oh my God! Yeah, I know it's awful. And the thought of playing tennis with all those people watching mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how you can sort of concentrate on your game when you... Because mm-hmm. you know what it's like? You you know, you think, oh, was that a leak? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm and delighted for them. 
I think that's fantastic. And, and you know, it must have been awful when they got into the really long games. Yeah. Because, they, they, you know, they must have been thinking, oh, my God, is every Because, you know, they couldn't get off the pitch unless, you know, something. But, yeah, no, you're right. Well, I think that's brilliant news because it, 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 it has something that I've thought often. I thought, gosh, it's, it's, they're so exposed there. So that's brilliant news. Brilliant mm. news, Janie. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. But right. listen, I uh, one of the best bits of the news this week because it's been a bit dreary, hasn't it? Mm. But is of course that you have become grandma again, haven't you? You've got a new little grandchild. I have got a new little grandchild to arrive this week, so that's my third grandchild. Yeah. Very, very special. And so um, that's that's a lovely way yeah. to to round up the end of the week, isn't it? Oh, Brilliant. thank you. Um, no. Yeah, it's Fabulous there's something news. about a new baby that's very uh, that. That's very hopeful of new life and new beginnings. So new life, new beginnings. And yeah. Tomorrow and tomorrow, and yeah. um, that's really important. Yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah. Well, enjoy bask in your new grandmanus. <laughs> Thank you. You take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time. <laughs>